0: Welcome back to another horrifying episode of Mostly Ghostly, my God. We're in the danger zone this evening. We got two great guests with us. First of all, Ray, how you doing over there? Not bad. Not
1: bad. How about you?
0: Doing all right. You know what I mean? Doing all right. But uh, things could be worse. We could be in the Triangle. We could be in the Bermuda Triangle. We could be getting into some bad things. You know what I mean? We talked about the Alaskan Triangle on the show, I think, in season one, maybe season two. Uh, we've been kind of holding off on the Bermuda Triangle just because it's such a well-known one. You know, everybody kind of knows about it. And uh, we figured, you know we will, we'll wait on that. We'll wait on that till our good pal Alex the Hawk acts in a movie based off the Bermuda Triangle and then we will do the Bermuda Triangle episode. Did I say Alex Hawk? I guess we have a one of our guests this evening is uh, the great actor and podcaster producer extraordinaire Alexander Hawk. How you doing, buddy? How you
2: doing? Okay, man, I just got out of the Bermuda Triangle, man. <laughs> I mean, it was uh it was one hell of a uh... An experience, you know, you got typhoons, you got, you know, uh, bumping into Amelia Earhart, you know, it's, you know, a lot of weird stuff goes down there. Some of it you can talk about, some of it you can't, you know, but it's, uh, it was an interesting experience. I can't wait to talk more about it. You just got back from shooting
0: and the movie's already on Amazon to watch. That's Bermuda Triangle if I've ever heard of one.
2: Well, what can I say? It's a little bit of a time warp, you know. I went in about a year ago, and it just came back. It came out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a personal problem. Eh, but well. what can you do? We have another lovely guest with us. This one's a little more lovely than you, Alex. You know, with this, this lovely young lady. Some True, people say, Some people say she's the third leg to the mostly ghostly machinery great cynthia with me How are you?
3: hello 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 i'm well and i am excited to be here as soon as i heard we we're gonna have mr hawk on i was
0: gotta well, here
3: done really? here fans I, gotta get I'm, I'm, gotta I'm, get autograph
2: yeah um I'm I'm, I'm I'm honored it's 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 good to know that uh, i have fans i thought it was just my mother and my father but yeah. no well, you i mean i your love your talk, yeah.
3: talking triangles with alex i'm down yeah, well, what
2: can I say? I, I, I like uh, the number three, if you get my meaning. Hey, you were part. You did one. Hey, other yo! episode. I think you did one other episode of the
0: Mostly Ghostly Show uh, with, was it Anton LaVey? No, the wickedest man in the world. Yeah. 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 It wasn't LaVey. It was uh, Alistair Crowley. There you go. You yeah. Got Crowley. It. Yeah. I know we regularly don't have Alex on the show to talk about paranormal things because he doesn't quite know if he believes in paranormal
2: things. Oh, hey, hey, I, I put it in the same category as aliens. I believe that the possibility of it exists. I have yet to at least experience it, Yeah, but I'm open to the possibility. I know that there's a lot of things out there that I haven't experienced, and to be perfectly honest, I really don't want to experience any of those things. <laughs> so, Just call me a scaredy cat. Um, well, I mean, I think the world is scary, scary enough without the paranormal, but uh, I am open to the possibility, and that's why I don't walk through graveyards, unless I'm following a goth chick. Then all bets are off. I thought that because you were a dog. You're not
0: allowed to. Sure well, that is the necrophilia.
2: Rough, rough, but
0: rough, rough, McGruff. So, with that being said, Alex, before entering yep. into the film, Bermuda, Bermuda Island, I believe, is the name yeah. of the film, right? Yeah. What was your take on the Bermuda Triangle before you entered the actual
2: triangle? Well, um, I mean, as everyone, I've I've heard about it. I've seen the different theories um and it's 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 always one of those things that uh you know you don't know until you actually get into it yeah. i know from the research i've done that there are some points in the bermuda triangle like you have like a compass and mm. it goes you know it spins around you can't get like a um, definite reading yeah. um there's uh, there's talks about um, magnetic um, fields in the triangle that messes up electronics and like the compass, which I just said, hmm. which could add to the um, fact. For example, like I, I joked around about Amelia Earhart and 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 ships and planes, you know, getting lost. If there is a section in the Bermuda Triangle that um, Uh, toys and messes around with, you know, magnetics, they can very easily mess up electronics, Hmm. which, I mean, if you're traveling, you're expecting to be going north and you're actually going, you know, south, it could very easily get you all lost, disorientated. And depending on, you know, what kind of weather conditions you meet, that could mean, you know, you're stuck there until... Uh, whatever you're using runs out of gas and you end up, you know, succumbing to the natural elements. Mm. Um, there also was, I, I remember I was um, watching something where they talked about that there were some sections in the Bermuda Triangle where there's kind of like, um, almost like a, a geyser effect where sometimes the water shoots out yeah. because of... I think volcanic eruptions underneath or something like that. Oh, and Godzilla. that was also, yeah, that was also one of the things that people thought could possibly have um, been a part of, for example, uh, using Amelia Earhart, because the most famous example that, you know, her plane could have been hit by one of those. And that's why she went down. Mm. Um so, I mean, that there's a lot of things like that that I've heard about the Bermuda Triangle, which, you know, could be true. But the most important thing is a lot of these are scientifically proved, not, you know, sp- spiritual or supernatural, you know. Yeah. And while I'm open to the supernatural and the spiritual, I do believe always trying to find the more scientific and logical explanation first. And if that is not found or does not fit in what could have possibly happened, I'm open to check other avenues. I know uh, when we did the
0: Alaskan Triangle, I want to say there was discussion of, you know, when the pilots are looking into the blue and it's blue ocean and then blue sky above them and they follow, like, the line in between, that eventually – well, sometimes after looking at that for so long – your equilibrium kind of goes off and like you don't you don't know which way you're going, where are you going toward the sky, you're going towards the ocean. And at that point, all the blues start to blend. That was kind of what we talked a little bit about on that. Um, very interesting stuff. You know, I always get, jump to trying the scientific, logical, you know, explanations myself. But it could be uh, what's the saying on in Star Trek? What did they say about logical? Spock says oh, it.
2: Yeah, it's if illogical. That's illogical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hey, I'm 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 trying trying to. Think supposed of to be that. the big trekking nerd over there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if you just be quiet for a second, let me. Um, uh, if if you um, you know, uh, check out all the logical options, and if that does not, I, I forget how it is. I haven't I haven't watched the. The movie that that was used in, uh, for a while. So I forget the exactly uh, the way the actual quote goes, but the gist of the quote in my memory is the fact that after you have, you know, checked out all the logical explanations and all the possibility, um, scientific uh, possibilities, and if you eliminate those, even if what you think sounds like totally bonkers or illogical it could possibly be the truth because if you totally negate all the relative and possible scenarios uh, then it has to leave the illogical ones and the fact is that uh, there's a lot about the world we live in that we don't know we we like to think that we we've learned everything and that we you know know everything about the world we live in, but honestly, we know very little. Well, let's and that's get, a fact.
0: Let's get into the logical and illogical real quickly. Like Alex. So for anybody out there that isn't really quite hip, it's the Bermuda Triangle, <laughs> which would be surprising because, like I said, I feel like this is entry-level. This is very entry-level paranormal. You know what I mean? This is right there. One of the most well-known strange occurrences you know floating out there but the bermuda triangle also known as the devil's triangle which is interesting because you you got the bridgewater triangle it's also called the devil's swamp which is kind of uh so it's it's all doubly doubly
3: and also don't forget our bell witch Uh, um is it tennessee there was also a devil's triangle there as well um and i so i gotta ask ray like what happens to these, this, this land that it, uh, it, 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 are they portals? Is it cursed? Is it human made, uh, that these areas, because one thing for, I, I was thinking, and I was doing some thoughts into the Bermuda is like, it's underwater. So why would the underwater land be tainted? But then I found, um, and I believe that, um, Joe Rogan just did a piece on this, um, where he had a guy, um, that shows that, there's a place called Bimini Way and it's a natural under the here because we're going to start disagreeing with Alex oh. that, there's a, <laughs> that, that there's this natural Dis- rock formation <laughs> under <laughs> that Absolutely. these, these scientifically proven that these rocks naturally formed up under the water in, in the Bermuda Triangle. And actually, I believe very much that that land was above water at some point in about twenty twenty 20 feet of water. It's under under the surface. Um, so I do believe it's possible that that land could have had whatever happened in Bridgewater, whatever happened, you know, there's triangles all over the globe, um, that I believe are some sort of portals, um, personally, um, that have had something, um, you know, done to them that make, make these anomalies happen in them.
1: I think that. What do you think, Brett? Well, Abimini Way, if you look at, if you look at pictures of it and they say it's a natural formation, it's difficult to get a natural formation when you got square cut corners on the stones. Mm. And what looks, and it looks like a road. Uh, rocks usually don't, stones don't form that way. And, uh, as Cynthia said at one time, that was above water. Now it's, now it's below, but the whole triangle also extends down to bah- Bahamas, Bermuda being the top part of it. I know that I watched, I was watching a show where there was a scientist trying to disprove that there might be something that's not, uh, scientific about it. And he was on the, and I've been on, on the island of Bermuda and in the Bahamas. I've been through the triangle several times, three or four times. I might explain a few things about myself. But, um, and he's standing on the beach talking to the person interviewing him, the scientist, and he reaches in his pocket and he takes out a compass and he says, notice how it's working. Then he reaches down, he picks up a piece of stone, puts it in a compass and a compass starts spinning.
0: Mm. And he
1: says, yeah, the, the, the stone is magnetized and it's the magnetic field in the stones to disrupt, uh, the instruments on the planes and boats. Now, he's almost, by. when I look at that demonstration, I go, you just blew it. Because if he took that compass out of his pocket, if that field on that island is strong enough to reach several thousand feet in the air and knock out navigation, or hundreds of miles out at the sea, then when he took that compass out of his pocket, it should have been spinning like a tornado. He had to put a piece of rock next to it. Hmm. He contradicted himself. It can't be a magnetic field or nothing magnetic would work on the island. No communications would work on the island. They'd never be able to fly, fly a plane near on the island or near it hmm. if it were that strong. So sometimes when you go to try and disprove, you may actually add to the legend, because now it has to be something else. And that quote originally, Star Trek did a variation on an old quote from Conan Doyle, the Sherlock Holmes, and I think it starts off with something like, when it's not the obvious, then it must be. I don't remember the whole quote, but it originally came from there. Then Star, Star Trek did, did an episode where they actually did a holodeck thing with um, uh, Data and Sherlock Holmes, and they used it. And, yeah, it, it's been played and modified, but the first one was Conan Doyle in the Sherlock Holmes story, and I think the, originally it was... Uh, Ob- Obvious, not logical. Then they switch it around. Hmm.
0: I support that. You know, loosely defined, This is you know, the Bridgewater tri- Bermuda Triangle, rather, is a loosely defined region in the western part of North Atlantic Ocean, where a number of aircraft and ships are said to have disappeared under mysterious circumstances. The idea of the area is uniquely prone to disappearances arose in the mid-20th century, but most reputable sources dismiss the idea that there is any mystery at all. You know, I think there's definitely a mystery. It's just whether or not you put it in paranormal or in some type of uh, science type of deal, which, you know, was vibing with that a little bit. Now, the origins. The earliest suggestion of an unusual disappearance in the Bermuda area happened in September 17th, 1950. Article published in the Miami Herald, the Associated Press by Edward Van Winkle Jones, you know, name you don't want to have. Two years later. Sounds like a
2: relative to Rip Van Nickel.
0: That's right. He was the (laughs) unknown brother, yeah. Now, Fate Magazine published Sea Mystery at Our Back Door, a short article by George Sand covering the loss of several planes and ships, including loss of Flight 19, you know what I mean, the General Motors TBM Avenger Torpedo Bomber. A group of uh, five U.S. Navy gunmen, uh, the TBM Avenger torpedo bombers on a training mission. SANS article was the first to lay out uh, the now familiar triangular area where the losses took place, as well as the first to suggest a supernatural element to the Flight uh, 19 incident. I was just watching the Malaysia flight documentary, which we'll tap into uh, maybe someday. And I know one of their big theories was that the dude, the pilot, just didn't want to be alive anymore and wanted to take everybody for that ride with them. Which, yeah, we all know people are lunatics. Just look, turn on the news if you don't think so. So the idea of some that happening, so that, you know, it's kind of physical, like what Hawk's going for, of like. Physical reality of it, you know what I mean, but I do think that there's a lot more going on with it, you know what I mean now, Flight nineteen alone would be covered again in the april nineteen sixty two issue of American Legion magazine and it in it, author Alan W. Eckert wrote that the flight the flight leader had been heard saying, We are entering white water. nothing seems right, we don't know where we are. The water is green, no white. He also wrote that the officials at the Navy Board uh, of Inquiry stated that the planes flew off to Mars. Very weird. They need to have him evaluated after a comment like that. dude. Airplanes flying off to Mars? Now, I mean, if that was the dude in the plane saying that, then you could almost speculate that there was some alien-type situation going on. Like, uh, you know, there's been that 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 theory, too, that they're like abducted, you know, that because they just disappear, never to be seen again. And who's to kind to say, you know, they uh, some people like to think the aliens live underwater in the oceans because we don't know really what's down there. And uh if their craft can travel here from billions of light years away in far away galaxies, then I assume they are waterproof uh, and can handle, you know what I mean? Uh, whatever they would have to deal with down there. Now, in February 1964, Vincent Gaddis wrote an article called The Deadly Bermuda Triangle in the pulp magazine Argosy, saying Flight 19 and other disappearances were part of a pattern of strange events in the region. The next year, Gaddis explained this article uh, into a book, he turned into a book called Invisible Horizons. You know, it could just be somebody trying to sell some books. That, that, that does happen, too. Um You guys got anything to say about this Vincent Gaddis, gentlemen? Or maybe even Alan E. Eckert, perhaps? The first couple guys writing about it? The fact that it was in a pulp magazine, which I believe is, uh, you know, pulp fiction, of course, but I believe the pulps are just kind of made-up stories, like
2: yeah, I mean I mean the thing is that uh, when when you have something like this and you don't have any concrete proof one way or the other especially if you have theories usually the best way to go is a pulp publication because they're open to different uh viewpoints and they're not going to be saying well we need three or four or five sources to collaborate what you're saying. Yeah. Um and the thing is that um, it's one of those mysteries, especially like you know, going with what Ray said, that if the magnetic field is as strong enough to affect planes and, and boats and all that, mm-hmm. then why is it that you can still take a safe plane trip to Bermuda Island to, to go on vacation? cage home.
0: Yeah, no, I feel you. It's definitely one of the things, Alex, for sure. I don't want to cut you off, but you know, they did catch some criticism for the concept that we we're talking about, you know what I mean? Unfortunately, with everything, there's always criticism. Alex knows all about that. Now, we've got Larry Kush. Now, Larry Kush, our boy, not Cush like Marijuana Cush. K-U-S-C-H-E. Author of Bermuda Triangle mystery. Should,
2: why is it that you know? Yeah. Oh, okay, I think we like froze up for a little bit. I think but, you froze, um, but we're fine. What, oh. Oh. Okay. Not well, anyway, done. one of the things I, I was thinking. Yeah. And, and is of uh, the lost city of Atlantis. I mean, right. Uh, any. Now I don't know whether it's you know. Where, where it was supposed to be located. I mean, the whole point of it being lost is no one really knows. Well, if it was. But I mean. Yeah. It's lost well, because anyway, it got flooded out, right?
0: Yeah. Because it, 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 it was. Low. Now,
2: go, going with what Cindy said about a possibility that, you know, what was underneath the uh, ocean was once above the ocean, mm. okay? Uh, I'm just using Lost City of Atlantis as an idea. Uh, of a city that um because whenever you read books or you talk to people about the lost city of atlantis, they always give the illusion that it was a city that had technology far above the uh technology of the time okay yeah. and and the fact is this toy with the idea that you know, that kind of uh, island was in the Bermuda triangle and then for whatever reason whether it was man-made uh, situation or you know just wriggle uh, you know uh, shifting of uh, waters or plates or something it ends up getting flooded yeah. um maybe that section okay itself because going with the idea of the rock formations having such a high magnetic field where you put it next to a compass, goes all nuts. Yeah. Then maybe the island itself uh, that is now underwater itself had a higher uh, magnetic pulse than, say, the actual Bermuda Island that we all know, okay? Yeah. And that's why if you travel over where actually this island was actually submerged, is why those planes and and boats and all that got so affected there, but you can still you know go on at uh, American Airlines and go to Bermuda for a vacation and not worry about dying. And maybe there's like one small section within the triangle that has a huge magnetic pulse because of maybe uh, a a landmass that that was there that did get submerged, but has a stronger pulse than the, say, Island. Islands.
0: What's your take on, like, uh, this being a place like Atlantis that at one point was ground level and people there and maybe that they, they had, like, a big uh, burial, like, their big mass burial pit happened to be where this Bridgewater Triangle area yeah. is or something.
2: Maybe they had, like, great, um, you know, human sacrifices to their... Sacrifices you know, to... You you know, the great Alex Hawk God. I mean, we don't know. In the early
0: stage, right? This is a good question for you. You might know in the early stages of death was um, was it was it bury people wherever or was there like maybe like one place that people might bring bodies from wherever from for miles around to this one area to dump them? No. Native Americans
3: would bring them to Wareham, like where I live. Um, this was like their, their, they their place where they would bring area specifically for the dead. So I, I believe that it, they bring, um, their dead to a particular location because I don't think they want a sacred land at that point. Right. Um, parts to like the Atlantis thing. I, it, from what I've done, like there's, um, the Eye of the Sahara, um, is found in Africa. And when, when you, when you hear the descriptions of the lost city of Atlantis, which is always, I've always been curious about it, you know. Um, it, it seems to me that Africa and, um, South America work almost joined together. Uh, because for me, with the Eye of the Sahara, that w- w- when you see the descriptions of how they describe the city of Atlantis with the rings, um, that's very, very similar, uh, yeah. to, to description. And it's very close to where, like I said, if you just put the two land masses together. So for me, um, you know, that that land was, once conjoined, and it was sacred, and and whatever happens to this land, and however these perimeters of the triangles are drawn all over the world, like Bridgewater, Tennessee, mm. in the middle of the ocean, um, I I think personally that it 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 was uh either impacted by a, a some sort of um angry god
0: um you know
3: or a meteor whatever
0: <laughs> well, it could be you know the native american believed that their lands would be cursed if they didn't or did do certain things so it's possible mm-hmm. you know and even if they believed it even if maybe there wasn't a, a god throwing down a curse on it but if they believed it enough you know we talk about you know that on the show before as well you know the human mind consumption
1: a conjuring type deal um
0: it's oh, interesting
1: it's- yeah when you're looking at the uh, the dead, that aspect of it, that varies so much by culture. Mm. Many of them, many, many cultures, remove the dead from the living. Mm. They don't want them near there. But you go into different parts of Asia, Malaysia, and that section there, you have cultures where they actually keep them in the home for several days. they uh, Not days, weeks and years. But they keep them in the town, and they dress them. They take the bodies out for celebrations and parade them through the streets. They don't separate the dead. They yeah. see the dead living along with them. You go to another part of the world, and you've got cemeteries, and they've always kept them far away because they consider the dead uh, potentially evil, like vampires coming back, etc. Yeah. When you look, when you're looking at Atlantis, an interesting thing about that is that um, when Plato was writing about it, right now. They recently discovered uh, some ruins in a sunken area. I think it's off the coast of southern Europe, maybe off the coast of Portugal in that area, farther mm. out. But it looks like there had been a civilization on an island that sunk over there. And some people are saying that uh, that would fit into a storyline with Plato since he was in the Mediterranean. But you also have to look at stories among primitive cultures that will travel around the world and similarities. If you go off the coast of Japan, you have sunken ruins. About 90% of the people that have explored them agree they are. There are some that say they're not ruins, but I've seen pictures and shows on them. Perfectly formed, large step-type pyramids, stairs, and these things are perfectly cut and it's humongous, like it was built for people bigger than us. Yeah, And it's off of Japan in the water. And I'm sure if you go were to go over there, they probably have their stories of a lost civilization also.
0: Mm-mm.
1: So it, it's a fairly common thing. Now, what technology they may have had to make something like that. Back then, there were also people that uh, you occasionally find. We did an episode on one where they found it. Um, was that a pickaxe or something like that? That was uh, millions of years old. right out of the rock it couldn't be faked and they recently found something else that goes like 200 million years old but it's a piece of technology so were there civilizations don't know but there's enough oddities out there that you have to say maybe a definite maybe
0: yeah the the ley line theory too i subscribe to i think that that's you know we did an episode on that Just you know, intersecting of energy lines, I think, is kind of something that could find find an issue too. But back to Larry's book, uh, the Bermuda Triangle mystery, you know, argued that many you know, they argued that many claims of Gaddis and the subsequent writers were exaggerated, uh, dubious, and unverifiable. Kucha's research revealed a number of inaccuracies and inconsistencies between. Berlitz accounts and statements from eyewitnesses, participants, and other invo- others involved in the initial incident. Uh, Kush noted cases cases where pertinent information went unreported, such as disappearances of the Round the World Yachtsman Don Crowhurst, which Berlitz had presented as a mystery. Despite clear evidence to the contrary, another example was the uh, ore carrier recounted by Berlitz as lost without trace three days out of the Atlantic port when it had been lost three days out of port with the same name in the Pacific Ocean. Cush also argued that the large percentage of the incidents that sparked allegations of the Triangle's mysterious influence actually occurred well outside of it. Often his research was simple. He would review period newspapers of the dates and reported incidents to find reports on possibly relevant events like unusual weather that were never mentioned in the disappearance stories. So we got a couple of his conclusions here from Cush. We can kind of give an opinion. You know, now first one up is the number of ships and aircraft reported missing in the area was not significantly greater, proportionally speaking, than in any other part of the ocean. So for the most part, they're saying that, you know, it's got this bad name, but you, they're going down everywhere uh, in the same numbers. So, like, it's not that big of a deal. And if that's proven true, I kind of agree with that. You know, I mean, it might just be... uh you know, a little, little, an area that's got a little reputation about it, you know?
3: It, it's also right, right next to Florida. I know they just found pieces of the Challenger, like right on the edge of it. Like they, oh, really? they, di- yeah, they dived in, the um, in, into the trench, I guess, and, uh, and they saw a big structure and they got to it and they're like, you know, what is this? Um, and it was it was the Challenger, you know you're right next to Florida, there, so I would imagine a lot of spacecraft and debris probably falls into the ocean there
0: on purpose and not on purpose
3: on purpose <laughs>
0: never know now, in an area frequented by tropical cyclones, the number of disappearances that did occur uh were for the most part neither disproportionate, unlikely, nor mysterious. So, you know, tropical cyclones, of course, is a rapidly rotating storm system characterized by a low-pressure center, a closed, low-level atmospheric circulation, strong winds, and a spiral arrangement of thunderstorms that produce heavy rain and squalls. So you don't want to be in the middle of that. And that, that looks pretty scary from space, those tropical cyclones. Uh, Furthermore, Berlitz and his other writers would often fail to mention such storms or even represent the disappearance as having happened in calm conditions when meteorological records clearly contradict this. The number themselves had been exaggerated by sloppy research. A boat disappearance, for example, would be reported, but it's, uh, its eventual, if belated, return to port may not have been. So there you go. If a boat went missing, sometimes they wouldn't... It's like the media. They like to say the bad stuff, but they don't talk about when it's a mistake. You know what I mean? Uh, Some disappearances had, in fact, never happened. One plane crash was said to have taken place in 1937 off Daytona Beach in Florida, over by Hulk Hogan, in front of hundreds of witnesses. You know what I mean? It just ain't so... The legend of the Bermuda Triangle is a manufactured mystery, they say, perpetrated by writers who either purposely or unknowingly made use of the misconceptions, faulty reasoning, and sensationalism. Well, that's something people do. Now, in a st- study, the Worldwide Fund for Nature, identified the world's 10 most dangerous waters for shipping, but the Bermuda Triangle was not among them. I guess
2: if you're shipping... You're
0: fine, but if you're alive and you're you're living, you don't want to be up in the Bermuda Triangle.
2: Well, I, I got a question for you, man.
0: Sure, sure.
2: Okay. Now, I mean, we all we all know, um, you know, the the Bermuda Triangle. Everyone there's all, all these theories, yeah. but if we want to look at it this way, I'm the first uh, one that was um, most notable. Was uh, Amelia Earhart, I think. Yeah. You know? Now, do you think that if it wasn't someone as well known and and you know uh, in everyone's mind at the time that got lost there, there would be a Bermuda Island today? I mean, a Bermuda Triangle theory. Definitely today. not a
0: Bermuda Island. That
2: movie would have got Yeah. Killed. Yeah. yeah. Sure. But but, but you, you know what I'm talking about, that the fact is that yeah, – I feel you. I mean, yeah, with what you're saying is that if you look at, you know, by statistics, other places in the ocean with planes and, and boats, they're saying that those that you lose out in this regular Atlantic Ocean – and those you lose in the quote-unquote Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle is about the same. There's not any huge difference. So the question is then why do we as, as, as people, you know, uh, there's still talk to this day about the Bermuda Triangle as being a supernatural or dangerous place if, in fact, there's not – more people get lost in the bermuda triangle than any other place in the ocean right so the thought that i'm putting is could be just a simple fact because someone as well known as amelia earhart is the first one that kind of got lost in that that was a celebrity was well known that you know it was in the history books and the fact that no one throughout the years have found a plane or any any understanding or anything that really shows what could have happened I mean there's theories of what could have happened mm-hmm. you know they could have miscalculated the gas or there was like just you know maybe uh, so- something else happened We've got but the yeah but but the fact is that probably we wouldn't be talking about the idea of the Bermuda triangle if someone else other than amelia earhart got lost there i mean that's what i'm thinking
0: i mean cuz she was unstoppable so they got there's got to be a lore to go with it like her whole deal and she was destined to go around the world and that was the deal and she was trained and she was very yeah
2: so so i mean you can you can argue that amelia earhart, earhart herself her her disappearance her death and all that um was it's the, the start of the uh, Bermuda uh, Triangle theory. Yeah. I mean, I mean, not saying that there aren't uh, possibilities of other things going on, but that's another one that could be the fact that uh, if the statistics is correct that not any more people get lost in the Bermuda Triangle than any other place in the ocean... We got a couple and why of... does the Bermuda Triangle have such a, you know, kind of um, lore behind
0: it? Yeah, we got a couple explanations. I got a couple paranormal ones off the top. You know, right, tri- cool. triangle writers uh, have used a number of supernatural concepts to explain the events. One explanation pins the blame on leftover technology from mythical lost continent of Atlantis, like we we're talking about a little while ago sometimes connected to the Atlantis story is the submerged rock formation known as the Bimini road, which I think uh, Cindy Lou was talking about too long ago off the Island of B- Bimini in the Bahamas, which is the tri which is in the triangle by some definitions, followers of the purported psychic Edgar Sace, um take his prediction that evidence of Atlantis would be found in 1968 as referring to the discovery of the Bemini Road, believers describe the formation as a road, wall, or other structure, but the Bemini Road is of natural origin. Creepy stuff. Some hip, hip, uh, hypothesize that the parallel uni- that a parallel universe exists in in the Bermuda Triangle region, uh, causing time and space warp suck the objects around it into a parallel universe. Uh, Others attribute the uh, events to UFOs. Charlie Berlitz, author of the various books on the subject, lists several theories, uh, you know, pertaining to the losses in the triangle, by unexplainable forces and such. But, yeah, that's, that's, you know, the parallel universe exists, you know, that's kind of along the lines of an Atlantis a little bit too, but it's more as they thinking that it'd be still active. Atlantis is kind of dead. Underwater, nothing's going on with it. You know what I mean? No stargates under there. Maybe, you never know. Well,
2: I mean, how, how do you know? I mean, for all we know that they, there could be a whole a bunch of uh, fish people living underneath uh, in Atlantis and calling it home and they're upset with how we're polluting the oceans and they're trying to get back at us
0: yeah, that, that makes a little bit of sense I'm with you. now let's pop into some natural explanations which we got because we know Alex Aqua's was going to be here he likes the all natural vibes
2: hey what can I say I love all natural
0: I think some of these are I think there's some truth I almost lean with this more being less paranormal you know what I mean but and I believe in the paranormal. But first up, compass variations. Compass problems are one of the cited for uh, phrases in the many triangle incidents. While some have theorized that unusual local magnetic uh, animalities may exist in the area. I mean, it could be, you know, magnets or rocks, right? It's just a type of rock. So we could have some gigantic magnet under the water that's sucking things in. I think we talked about that a little bit earlier. Um, You can't get away from a magnet, you know, compasses have natural magnetic variations in relation to the magnetic poles. Now a fact which navigators have known for centuries is magnetic compass North and geographic North are exactly the same only for a small number of places. For example, as in two thousand in the United States, only those places in line, on the on a line running from Wisconsin to the Gulf of Mexico, but the public may not be as informed and think there is something mysterious about the compass changing across an area as large as the triangle. you know every haunted woods movie and haunted boat movie there is they always pull out the compass and it goes crazy you know remember. It's one of those things. Um, the compass thing. Yeah. Like if the compass gets thrown off and they're following the compass, you know, whether it's the compass on the dash or the plane or whatever, and it starts getting wild and they don't know where they are. And when you've been up in the sky for a few hours, looking at the blue on blue, I think that that's very problematic for you too. I don't, I think that that is a heavier issue than people kind of realize it. I mean, even if you go out there and you take a, you know, we're, we're all entertainers and performers over here. So we know what, you know, what a good drive's like. So you take that fucking two, three hour drive on the highway and uh, something happens to you when you're just looking at that road coming at you, it's the same road over and over. You, you, you kind of can get a feeling after a couple hours of like, you're rubbing your eyes. You're like, man, like what the fuck is going on here? And when you're in a plane, it's a whole different story. There's no pulling over the side of the road collect yourself. It's just going into the fucking belly of the beast to collect yourself. So Tanu style. Now, the Gulf Stream. The Gulf Stream is a major surface current, primarily driven by the thermoline circulation. Uh, I believe that's what Alex uses for his socks. So they're, they're all right. <laughs> now, that originates in the Gulf of Mexico and then flows through the Straits of Florida. Now, the Straits of Florida, or the Florida Strait, is a strait located southeast of the North American mainland, generally accepted between the Gulf of Mexico and the Atlantic Ocean. Now, into the North Atlantic, in essence, it is a river within an ocean. And like a river, it can and does carry floating objects. It has a maximum surface velocity of about two miles. A small plane making a water landing or a boat having engine trouble can be carried away from it reported position of the current. Yeah. Gulf stream could be something too. We all know about like the undertow. Like you go to the beach and you walk out and you get a good undertow knock you off. If you get knocked off your feet and you hit that water, it takes you with it. You know what I mean? We've seen, you've seen crazy things where houses get brushed away and stuff like that. And in the water, but a stream, I mean, I think a stream could definitely be the cause for why nothing's ever found. You know, I I lean more towards it's one of those, their head, they they get like vertigo or discombobulated and they don't really know what's up because look at those things and next thing you know, they're going into the water. And then once you're in the water, that stream could, you would just say, and they, 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 uh, Cindy Lou was just saying that they found a piece of some uh, of the challenger you know what I mean. I'm sure that's been floating yeah. around for a while. You know what I mean.
3: And so they like, found the SX Copaxi. Was it Kotopaxi from uh, Copex Close Encounters.
0: Copax, yeah, from Close oh. Encounters
3: of the Third Kind.
0: I like the Copax from the Burbs. That's the boy <laughs> Casey family. Our boy Courtney Gaines doing it. Um, so the Gulf Stream kind of would make sense a little bit. Human Era. All right, next up, that's big one. Um. Which, you know, you take human error, you could also say the evilness of humanity, of course. But one of the most cited explanations and official inquiries as to the loss of any aircraft or vessel is human error. Uh, Human human stubbornness may have caused businessman Harry Kernover to lose his sailing yacht. Uh, I do feel like that. Whenever I see a boat person, it's always them against the ocean. You know what I mean, like they want it they want to have that moment in life when the boat's going down and they their life's on the line and they say, "Fuck you ocean, we're gonna do this my way and they got you know they always love to be that way, so I'm going down with the ship. I could definitely see some you know people going down with the ship out of uh, pride that they weren't a good boater, you know what I mean a good sailor
2: not me I'll, I'll' the ship can go down i'm I'm getting my ass out of there and and live for see another day.
0: Who's the ship? That's me. I've never met ship. Revanow, as he sailed into the teeth of a storm south of Florida in January 1st, 1958. Uh, That's the thing, man. I I do feel you guys know a lot of yachters and boaters. I feel like they would call in Coast Guard to say, come help me, is like asking the wife for directions. You know what I mean? They just (laughs) don't want to do it. It's a horrifying endeavor for them. And uh, I do think that people's pride would get the better of them, especially somebody who would have a yacht to begin with. There's probably a lot of pride to begin there in general. So the last thing they're going to want to do is uh, give in and say, "I can't handle my boat. Gonna come help me." Uh, next up, violent weather. Now hurricanes. Peter Hurricane Mcnally are powerful storms that form in tropical waters that have historically cost thousands of lives and cost billions of dollars in damage. The sinking of Francisco del Barbadilla's Spanish fleet in, 19- in 1502 was the first recorded instance of, destructive, of a destructive hurricane. These storms have in the past caused a number of incidents related to the triangle. Many Atlantic hurricanes pass through the triangle as they recurve off the eastern seaboard. And before the advent of weather satellites, ships often had little to no warning of a hurricane's approach. That's true, too. And we've all seen the movies. It's like a horror movie when a storm comes in, when you're in the middle of the ocean. And uh, that, you know, everything gets dark and cloudy and you're like, dang, and, you know, the boat's going all over the place. That's very scary stuff. I mean, I think water, deep open water creeps me out a little more than regular folks. But I assume you throw even a person in there that knows what they're doing and that light goes away, the wind starts blowing up and your boat doing the rock and roll. I think you're going to be worried, whether for your life or your boat, you know what I mean? Now, a powerful downdraft of cold air was suspected to be the cause in the sinking of the pride of Baltimore on May 14th, 1986. That's in our lifetime. Ain't that nice? The crew of the sunken vessel noted the wind suddenly shifted and increased velocity from 32 uh, kilometers, which is around 20 miles per hour, to 97, which is, you know, 60 to 90. They were killing it. Now, the National Hurricane Center satellite specialist, James Lachine, stated during very unstable weather conditions, the downburst of cold air from aloft can hit the surface like a bomb, exploding outward like a giant squall line of wind and water. Similar event occurred to the Concordia in 2010 off the coast of Brazil. Was that the boat that flipped the Concordia? For some reason, I want to say so. I could be wrong. But um, violent weather, man, you can never put it past violent weather. Because once you get out in the ocean, you're really like, it's so it's so anything. It's like, that's what I don't like about, like, I'd never want to be a boating. I would like, I'd be, whenever there was a storm kicking up, I'd be horrified. You know what I mean? You're, you're Electric with, fog. Electric they fog have
3: electric electric fog is a thing.
0: That's the name of our band, electric
3: fog.
0: <laughs> like um, I'm the bassist. Yeah.
3: Like I don't know where else there is electric fog on the planet, but there's just reports of like these weird electric fog. I don't not sure what the fog's doing to be zappy, but um but it engulfs That's the ships.
0: It. Like John Carpenter's <laughs> the fog. Yeah. But this violent weather, I think, you know, It's a lot. You got to assume how horrifying is the thought of what's in the God knows what's in the ocean, deep, dark, cold. You know, you go under it. You can't breathe no more. Now you're in, you're surrounded miles, miles upon miles of this stuff. There's no way you're getting, if you go over and that boat ain't there no more, you are trapped. it's over. You know what I mean? Very scary stuff. You know, we've talked about on the show before, like the, all the terrible, you know, people going into the water and dying, and you know, throughout the years, people, you know, all the people. We've talked about whether or not the water could almost be a conductor and hold in the spirits of people that have died. And, you know, you talk about people say drowning's a, a beautiful, peaceful death. I don't think anybody <laughs> here agrees that it is. So it's like, Whatever energy escapes you in your last bubbles of, uh, whatever. I, I almost feel like who, that is. Who says
2: drowning a, is a peaceful death? I mean, Everybody. That's like one of those things. <laughs> That's what they're all saying, Alex. That's I, what they're I, all
3: saying. I, I,
2: I, I, I think, can't think of a, uh, a few other things I'd rather do than, than drown to death.
0: I take, I say, you know, big old, big old gunshot to the back of the head, and solve everything pretty quick. I
2: take it over drowning, honestly. Yeah, I think.
0: Drowning is horrible. I'm just saying. People I mean, like to think because you, cause you, when you were in the womb, you were like within liquid. They think that you go back to that state. No one's ever wrote a letter from the afterlife to say if that was true or not, though.
2: Hey, hey listen, listen. I, I was in a pool once and I went under and I promise you, I did not feel like I was in my mother's womb. No. I felt like I was drowning. Water was in my lungs and it did not feel good.
0: <laughs> you know. It's better than the burning, which is also a suffocation in its own way. You almost you can't breathe either way, which is troublesome. The idea of not being able to breathe is scary. Um, but violent weather, definitely you don't want to mess with that. And it definitely can really put a hurt on you. You know, that when I think of these storms, I think of almost like a... Like, bigger, like, if you take, you know, you take the example of, like, a bathtub with, like, a bottle cap. Like, you put a bottle cap to a water in a bathtub, and that's still, you can at least see the, where the water ends, you know what I mean? Imagine just being surrounded by that much nothingness in water. It's nothingness, but it's not nothingness type deal, you know what I mean? And who's to say when you're in that boat and the storm's going and nobody can
1: see you, that's when Cthulhu comes out, right, right. Really? Oh yeah, I got something for your mind though. I'm going to play a little mind game on you. All right, let's do it. Fun. You've just been reading off a list of all of these natural things. Yeah. Now, very early on, there was one person who did a uh, put statistics together, mm-hmm. saying that there were no that the number of deaths or missing ships, planes, etc. In the Bermuda Triangle is no different than other parts of the ocean. Yeah. Okay. So it's the same as the rest of the ocean. You also quoted a certain some world organization that listed the most dangerous oceans or parts of, Uh and the Bermuda Triangle is not. It is one of the safer ones. Now, if you have a safe place that has as many people and catastrophes as you're dangerous places, what's causing them? I
2: don't know. Matt? Me, personally, it's Matt. no. <laughs> <laughs> it's Matt. Matt's causing them. No, Matt's
0: a good guy. Come on. Come on, dude. Come on. Let's be for real. Let's be for real, Alex. Come on.
1: It's a serious show. The, um... <laughs> just something, just something, to th- something to think about. The safe place... Is as dangerous for these odd things happening as a dangerous place. Yeah. Um, it's like where there's many things going wrong, and yet it's safe. There's something funny going on there.
0: You think they're protecting it? You think it's protected? There's a
2: lot of areas that have protection. Oh, you take oh, like maybe, maybe it's not as safe as people claim it is. Maybe what there's. About- Maybe the yeah. Illuminati's uh, behind, you know, the disappearance. Well, and- America, <laughs> even though you're, even
0: though people don't feel safe in their own backyards, America wants you to feel, act like you're safe, and there's really no issue around you. So it's possible that they would just to kind of belittle, belittle what it really is, which we've seen happen, you know, numerous times where they belittle a supernatural thing to make people not really, eh, that's not real. You know what I mean? It's quite possible maybe they're belittling the bridgewater the
1: the the, the bermuda triangle that b triangle that look look at it this way um if you're going along that line then mm. area fifty one is your uh public fake place they want you to focus on, yeah. I mean, everybody—they—they they put a base there. They, you know, no trespassing, lethal force, etc. Fly a funny-looking plane around once in a while. Everybody goes, "Oh, UFOs, Area 51, Area 51." They turn around and say, "Oh, Bermuda Triangle. That's safe. That's where the technology and the aliens are." That's the thing. Yeah, false Area 51, false flag.
2: Yeah, and when you get a little too close. Get a little too close to uh, what's going on in Bermuda, uh, Bermuda Triangle. Things happen. Boom. Oh, say that. They say that the Area
0: Fifty One's not a. That's just a uh, facade. It's close. It's close to it. It's in a nearby mountain or something like that. But I never. I don't think they would tell the truth. If they tell the truth of it, then people ask, "Well, what's? Why is it that way?" And. Uh, they probably they research it to figure out how to use it as a weapon, how to weaponize that thing. You know what I mean? It's weird. I do think that there's, I, I you know, there's some serious shit going on underneath that, that wall in the ocean. Whether it's alien, whether it's us, you know, I do think there's something down there. Um, scary stuff. It can get very scary. It can definitely get very scary because now you're dealing with supernatural entities that might want to cause harm to humans as well as humans wanting to cause harm
1: to humans. I'll also say that Atlantis is the same thing because if you go before Atlantis what predates it for a yeah. long while, an ancient civilization is a lost civilization of Mu, which supposedly moved under the, under the oceans
0: hmm.
1: or advanced and that's where they're waiting. And we're pissing them off with what we're doing to the earth. Do some research on that one. On moo? Yep.
0: Cows. The cow. crossbreed. breed. So the thing with... Uh, it's kind of... Cr- you know, I assume at one point in, in the earth, everything was kind of... Was there ever a time with Earth before water where it was just land and there was no water? It was there was oh, always God, some God. water, right? Yeah. So I but I with these lost places I assume that they were just low level places.
3: Well, we still don't even know what water is. I know. What is it?
2: It's I think I think I think the fact is that we always had water, but I think we have more water now than we did back then. Yeah. Because I know that uh, there's some places like, um, like the Grand Canyon and other places where it's obvious that it used to be underwater. Now, you know, you can just walk down with your family and have brunch right next to the rocks that used to be underwater. Hmm. So, yeah, water was... So we probably have less water now than we used to. I think so. And then of course when that happens, you know, it could be also the shifting of of the land, uh, the tectonic plates. I mean there was one theory that all of the continents at first were actually together. Yeah. And then they broke broke apart and then, you know, you got North America, South America, Africa and all that, but there was in like prehistoric time I believe there was a belief that all the continents were actually one one mass and then they broke apart into the separate continents. Why they break apart though? There's a question for you. I don't know. Maybe alien drilling or just you know <laughs> they got tired of each other. They were like, you know what? I don't want to hang out with North America. I'm going to make my own country. I'm gonna make comets? it Africa. You know, it's a lot. About cooler. Comets. What do you think about comets hitting the Earth?
0: You know, for break, it might break hit hit the Earth and break it up a little bit. Then the next one might be the ocean, and a wave would just fucking rah, push things further apart until it eventually
2: became what it was. Yeah, I mean that's that's also a possibility. I, I know feel- that. I do feel I mean, we have I, a
0: reoccurring uh, doomsday. I think, like, whatever killed the, the, the dinosaurs when that comet I do think that there's, after a certain amount of time, it does line up again, unfortunately, I think.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, also, I mean, uh, the, um, like, the uh, Ice Age I, uh, back then, I think, we're actually, our world is in due for another Ice Age, which could possibly be... Coming up or happening right now. That's why we're having you know issues with a lot of the climate that we have now. Things happening that we used rather, to not have happened. Would you rather? Would you rather freeze to death or burn to death, Alex? I'd rather not freeze or burn to death. Okay, <laughs> i personally. I I I like to you know die in my sleep of old age. I'd take the freeze. <laughs> if I had to choose, I think I'd take the freeze. And it depends what what's quicker and then and 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 all that. I go uh, yeah. to
3: freeze so I can come back. I think that's cryogenetics.
2: That's the thing. Well, <laughs> you I think burn. It,
3: that's it. That's a wrap. But that, if you freeze, the there's a chance.
2: But then right. I can finally say that I was hot for a, a good second. Well, I think you know, cold. <laughs> it gets so cold it would probably feel like you're on fire.
0: Like I, I bet that very extreme hot and extreme cold, probably not that different. You know what I mean. Well,
2: I mean extreme cold. You can say that rigor mortis is setting in quite quickly. I almost feel. Well, what would happen is you
0: your heart would stop. They say that there's a lot of people when they're layer when they're uh, like if they're out in the in Alaska or whatever in the snow, and they like when they go when they before they die they actually start to go crazy and like they take their clothes off. Because their head makes them think they're warm even though they're like... Freezing. Yeah,
2: yeah, I, I heard about that. I mean, I, I haven't... Luckily, I haven't experienced anything like that. I mean, the colder it gets, the, the more I want to it's bury the myself in blankets. I think, it's like the, I
0: think it's like the comfort of death. When it's coming in, I think your your brain makes you think and feel things that comfort you instead of like... Uh, instead of saying, hey, I got news for you. You're gonna die. I guess being in pain. But at that point, something's going on. At that point, things have gone too far beyond that uh, your body's like, whatever. Well,
2: the mind is a fragile thing. It doesn't take that much to uh, to break it, to be perfectly honest.
0: I've heard about that, you know. Yeah. But, well, we got one more here. Meth- methane hydrates. An explanation of some of the disappearances forced, uh focused on the presence of large fields of methane hydrates. and this is what Hawk was talking about earlier with the... the- yeah water um, on the continental shelves. Laboratory experiments carried out in Australia have proven that bubbles can indeed sink a scale model ship by decreasing the density of the water. Any wreckage consistency rising to the surface would be rapidly dispersed by the Gulf Stream. It has been uh, hypothesized, there you go, uh, that periodic methane eruptions, sometimes called mud volcanoes, Alex had a few of them. I the we don't know we can talk about them, but uh, may produce regions of frothy water that are no longer capable of providing adequate buoyancy for ships. If this were the case, such a, such an area forming around a <laughs> ship could cause it to sink very rapidly, without warning. It's
1: almost like a Water. Sink. <laughs> I'm Uh-oh. sorry. I, I am not buying Ray. into. I am not buying into uh, ships being sunk by ocean farts. Nope, Ain't exactly is. Is. Yeah. <laughs> it's not happening. The ocean farts and the ship goes. Hey, down. hey I don't know about Godzilla.
2: you, but I lit out some ocean farts that could sink a battleship. That's true. I That's know true. that.
0: That's your boy Godzilla, right? Godzilla farts is what's doing it, man. <laughs> You know, it's a it is an interesting thing because it would have to be, yeah. Like I don't even it would have to be the heat that the water would have to yeah, lose its buoyancy, like it said. But like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that. I mean, it's a nice idea, I think, but I don't think the reality of it. I think more of a sinkhole deal. Like if you had a the way we deal with sinkholes now, where they just pop and put you there, you're gone in seconds. It's almost like if a sinkhole happened. And um, you know, so low that the the suction of it kind of popped the boat into the water. I could almost see that, like like the lev the floor breaking out and bringing everything down for a second. Because once that boat went under and the water clapped back in, it would probably annihilate that boat, turn that into whatever you know splinters. Then the Gulf Stream would just float it away, or it would get buried in the sand beneath type deal. You know, anybody here know how? Like in the trench in Florida, there, where they made the Meg movie, they're doing a new Meg movie, which is crazy—a new Big Shark movie. Um, but uh, does anybody know how deep that trench is? Does anybody have an an estimate? Uh,
2: Um, I think it's supposed to be like the deepest part of the the ocean.
1: Yeah, the trenches. Yeah, yeah. The deepest I mean, trench is the Marianas Trench in the Pacific. I don't know how deep the one is down in the in the Atlantic. You know how
0: the how, do you know the the Atlantic uh, the, the what do you call it Marianas Trench?
1: Yeah, I think that's the name of it in the Pacific. I don't know what the depth is, but I know it is is uh, considered the deepest one. The idea that the idea that things get so deep is scary. All right, you ready for this? Oh. Turn Mount Everest upside down, it's thick in the ocean. You probably got something like the Mariana's Trench. 124 miles. Oh, that's bigger wow. than ever.
0: Damn. Wow. That's scary. That's like just the idea of that's horrifying. There's something going that deep into the abyss is
2: scary. Dude. You want to know what's more horrifying? What's possibly down there? Yeah, the Meg Sharks. <laughs> well, they made that
0: Meg movie and it actually made sense that there would be a, that like if it broke through the it broke through the little layer in between layer. Um, and I do think that like prehistoric, weird, maybe even dinosaurs, but at least wheels and sharks, dude, I bet there's all types of ancient stuff
2: in the deepest, darkest well- I mean, I know that, oh, I don't even remember the name. Um, I used to read, uh, this book that was, uh, talking about all the, you know, interesting, uh, uh, fish and other, you know, ocean creatures that were found, you know, the deeper you went. One was, I think it was called like a lantern fish or something where it's like this horrendous, scary, like, Almost like a floating head. has a light in front of it, it right? Yeah, it has yeah. a light right in front of it because it's like in, in a place where like there's no light whatsoever it's because dark, it's so yeah. deep. Um, And the thing is that if you have some and now that's that's deep, but that's not, you know, that trench deep, okay? I mean, I don't think we've gotten anything deep enough to go all the way down to the very bottom of the trench, and you can just imagine because you're down there that deep, you got all that water pressure that's right. on top of you. I mean, I'm sure there's 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 animals and 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 all that living down there, but you can only imagine what kind would be that deep down. Well, the scary and, thing is you figure you figure like in
0: the prehistoric times, you know, the you almost like. Uh, some, uh what do you call them, um, like dominant species type of fish type deal that would be, like, scary shit to deal with. But you got to assume that, like, take into consideration the whole theory of the comet, the comet heads levels everything. Any prehistoric thing that was in the water would probably swim as deep as it could to get away from the heat, and it would probably stay there to be scared. So, yeah, there's definitely... There's definitely doing some horrifying stuff in, in that ocean.
2: Well, well it's I mean, I it's mean probably also, just the
0: smartest people, too, to tell you the truth.
2: Yeah, knows but, I mean,
0: to stay away from people.
2: Well, I mean, go, going with, I mean, actually, one of the oldest creatures that's on the earth that's still, you know, kicking it is sharks. Yeah. And the fact is that if you go, I mean, going with a whole Meg thing. You are going and you're looking at the prehistoric records that we have, that we know of, that the biggest difference between the sharks we have today and the sharks that they used to is the size. The thing is that, you know, because back in the day, they used to, you know, munch on the brontosaurus, which mm-hmm. is, um, if we are to believe, is such a huge animal, I mean, that's a great, I mean, one of those that would feed, like, 100 to uh, 200 sharks today, right? Uh, so, I mean, the fact is that if if a creature like that can get down and have a steady supply of food yeah. to keep them to have that that size, I mean, yeah, I can, I can believe that. The only question is, you know, uh, if They're that down deep and they're able to have that steady of a hefty, um, you know, supply of food. You can only imagine what they're eating upon down there. I mean, if there is a Meg down there, Meg's feasting on something to stay that size. Yeah. I mean, dude, I did not get to be this way just, you know, eating little, you know, celery sticks. Okay. It took a lot of effort. On my part to make sure I get the best, you know, fast food to get me to to be this lovable plump size,
0: I believe it. I definitely get down with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So as we approach the uh, the end of the uh, our Bermuda Triangle episode, I will we'll stop in with everybody real quick, uh, and we'll ask, what do you think is the truth behind the Bermuda? triangle those B triangles get me man get me so I will start with Cindy Lou Cindy Lou well
3: I I definitely think um that just history has shown that in in different cultures and different times these areas all over the earth um that are just ironically all shaped like triangles um have these um a stigmas associated with them, uh, and in particular, the Bermuda Triangle. But for me, the Bermuda Triangle is also made up of a lot of scientific elements, mm. uh, they're all coming together in one place. Um, and and but ultimately, I do feel, um, and know just from experience that portals are real, and I and I don't know why they're where they are and, and what their purpose are, but I certainly have felt them in different locations that I've been at, and I do feel like that's what's happening um in the Bermuda triangle that these portals are somehow being opened which is causing this weird electrical storms and crazy um ships uh to or in in planes and in people just to disappear and, or end up somewhere else mm. um disrupt their their flow it it's happening there's something there that's that's igniting that and so i i i just, i believe strongly that there's uh supernatural and uh paranormal uh hands at work down there. (laughs) I get get that
0: with that.
2: Uh, Guest Alex, what do you think about this? Well, I mean, we talked about a lot of different possibilities. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the fact is that the Bermuda Triangle has been a uh, thing of wonder of intrigue for, you know, um, scientific reasons, for supernatural reasons, spiritual reasons. Um, I mean, I'm open to the possibility of something like that. I'm also open to the possibility that if if it's true that that, um, you know, it's not that much different from everywhere else, that could have a very reasonable explanation. Um, I don't know what it is. Uh, I mean heck, for all we know it could be the velocity of Atlantis that uh, you know for uh, If it was what reason- would it, if
0: it was though what do you think would be wh- what would be Britain doing this though? Like if it was well, the Lost I mean, Atlantis, it I mean, wouldn't they, be them shooting missiles up at these boats. But it
2: would be. Hey, you never know. I mean, heck, they might have alternate to fish people and they're pissed at us. Which I mean, I would not yeah, be surprised.
0: Then. You stand in my. But
2: um, if I was going with the Lost City Atlantis um, theory, yeah, especially going off with um, being on Bermuda Island. Uh, I mean, uh, uh Bermuda and. Yeah, right. uh, that the rocks themselves have a very strong magnetic, uh, magnetic pull.
1: Let's
2: hmm. play with the idea that Atlantis itself was made with the same type of rocks. Okay, now, of course, we know, uh, going off of what Ray said, I mean, if the guy pulled out his compass and it was going crazy at the very beginning, then you can argue that the magnetic pull on Bermuda might be strong enough to affect, let's say, a boat or a plane nearby. But it didn't go haywire till he brought the rock up to it. Okay, this argue that Atlantis itself has the same rocks, but a lot more, Mm -hmm. with a higher magnetic pulse than Bermuda. Okay? And then it got sunk for, you know, for whatever reason, and... But it still has that huge magnetic magnetic pulse that it still is shooting up. So that's why you're still able to fly from America to Bermuda and back again and have no issues. But if you ha- happen to hit r- around where the the sunken uh, island is, hmm. that the magnetic pulse is what you know messes up the electronics and ends up with uh, you know planes crashing about singing. I mean, that's a possibility. I mean, if if the, if those rocks are as strong as, you know, it's alluded to by that little test, I mean, it's also a theory that you can have a mass with so much of that material that it makes it a huge magnetic kind of uh, dome or bubble that you don't even see until you pass through it and electronics go haywire i mean that's a possibility
0: yeah i mean in the yeah. same sense of that of, of an atlantis you would assume if they were smart enough they're supposed to be crazy civilization if there was some way that they mastered they figured out electricity you know maybe there's something down there that if the electricity there's a current between the ship or the plane and the actual their source of electricity it could zap and shut down engines and stuff like that, maybe. Yeah. Ray, what do you think about the Bermuda Triangle?
1: What I like to do is eliminate the two extremes. You have the people that'll take any story they can hear, they hear and attribute it to the uh, triangle. And then you have the people who will take any statistics or science and throw it at the triangle saying, aha, there's the explanation. And quite often, if you rip into those deeply, you find out neither side is completely accurate. Mm. I like the middle. There is something weird in that, that area. Um, some of these studies that they do actually confirm it when they're trying to disprove it when you compare one to the other. Uh, Earth magnetic fields, fluctuations, and you're talking like energy lines, energy systems. I'm more in line with portals or interdimensional type of breaches because we have dimensions all around us and if they bump into each other you have an uh, anomaly going on there and that can affect this dimension uh, whether you want to call it a portal or not but I go more in line with that happening than I do with uh, it being just a regular patch of o- ocean I believe there is something there and that's that's what I lean towards I'm going more towards quantum physics and mo- multiple dimensions and that area how do you feel about ley lines and we talked about
0: them like where they cross like they cross over each other boxing in so the energy is kind of stuck you know what i mean we've talked about that before what do you think about it being something like that
1: when when you've got an accelerated energy field uh right there you have a perfect thing to be to breach another dimension to go into an area of uh energy play on a quantum level that doesn't doesn't really fit what we recognize. And that, that could, in fact, cause that triangle problem, whether it's Bridgewater, Bermuda, or Alaska, mm. or or others. just one off the coast of Japan, where those ancient ruins are.
0: There it is. Do you think that the ancient ruins give start speculation? That's it, it, happened before.
1: I think, I think they do, and there's some validity in that it, they, they should be taken a little bit more seriously and uh, explored more carefully. Yeah. If there was like an
0: ancient civilization with an ancient religion that they pushed, maybe died out after they died out, uh, maybe it was the right religion, maybe it was the complete opposite or wrong religion. you think that those different would have effects, you know, like if it was satanic if you will, or if it was you know, the official the religion everybody's going for, you know, the big winning team religion, you know what I mean? That holds that power or something religion is so weird because so many people come in and they kill off everybody that doesn't believe them that like you almost really can't, you don't know what to think because it's like, it's just the, the more powerful team is what religion you're hearing from. You know what I mean? But I do think they're all connected. And I think a lot of the religions, the same thing, just a different, they give their gods different names, but it's all the same thing. You know what I mean?
1: Well, we all have basically, uh, the functioning of the human body—it's all the same. We just dress it in different clothes.
0: Boy knows how to dress. You know what I mean? That's my Jason goes to hell line for the episode. So it's a beautiful thing. I got to. I got to. I, I, I vibe with it being a magnetic thing. I kind of get down with the the, the landlines, like the lay the ley lines. You know, it's energy sources that are ancient. These ancient like roots, and I think that when they lay over each other in a certain way, triangular. I think that the energy gets blocked into that triangle with nowhere to go. It just kind of rotates and, you know, sometimes another energy will come in and there's an issue. I do, I do hold a little credibility to like what we're talking about with the Alaskan triangle, where the pilots kind of, you know, when you're flying the plane and you're looking at the blue on blue, I do think that that eventually will get to you and there'll be like an issue. But then, like there's like battleships that have gone missing, and it's like when you have a gigantic like a plane's one thing Cause if it goes down, you know that's the disappearing act in itself, but you get a f when you get a battleship that's just floating, I mean you need some massive waves to tear that thing apart or you ought know, to sink it, but still that's a, you know that's still for things that are created not to sink like the Titanic of course you know, sinking it still like a, like a a, a army ship. Yeah. There's a lot to it. I don't think I'd go with aliens. It's like, why, why would aliens really care to do that every
2: now and then? You know, why would they, you know, it's the same amount of places. huh? They're bored. They needed something to do. You know, screw this plane. Screw Amelia Earhart. She thinks she's all that. Screw her.
0: I don't think we're as interesting as we think we are. I think it's ego. right, <laughs> Ray Ray, It's ego, Ray. And um, that's what they're trying to do. So I don't believe with the alien deal. The thing you were saying like a sinkhole almost makes sense. It's a heavy duty sinkhole. But you you got to assume we, we see him here, not here, here, but like we see him wherever and it's just a gigantic hole that goes like a mile into the dirt and it's just nothingness. So if there was to be one of them in the ocean, I do think that it would have that sucked effect. Like if you were ever if, if you're in a pool, next time you guys are in a pool or whatever, and you put your hand on like right under the surface of the water and you get a leaf floating on that and then you brush your hand down real quick, it will suck it down with it. You'll suck that leaf down with it. And you'll see it float its way back to the top of the pool. But if the if the suction's hard enough because it there was it's so the sinkhole's so deep within the ocean that just like tunnels are down. I could almost see that being a reality too. But then there's also, you know, human on human crime, of course, which, you know, when you get an airplane's easy for the pilot to be like, all right, it's over. Everybody's going with me. But if you're like in a boat, you know, like the dude, Guiding the boat can't exactly be like, I'm going to drive into this wall or whatever. It would have to be hey, something.
2: Hey, where's the nearest iceberg? Exactly. Where's the nearest iceberg? I have want to, to play be, chicken with an iceberg.
0: Yeah, for, it be, for a human, for it to be a human deal, it would have to be, I don't know, maybe somebody on a part of the crew that everybody gets shitted on and, hated his life and he put a, he went into the basement of this in the very bottom of this boat and he put, made it, put an explosive that would blow like a, you know, McDonald's size hole in the, in one of these ships. So water goes in and God, you know, the whole, we've all seen the Titanic. If the hole is big enough, it don't matter how big that ship is. It's going down for the count. You know what I mean? It, it can't. It can't, you know. Survive. He's like, Screw
2: Billy Zane. Screw Billy. True.
0: That's right. If it's too Billy Billy Zane's our boy, dude. If it's <laughs> if it's too if the whole if the wound's too big it cannot survive, ladies and gentlemen. L- much like everything. But yeah, that'd be my take on it. Um superna- I lean a little way from supernatural on this, but I it could be. You know what I mean? It's a possibility. Well, this was a good, you know, this is a good old episode of the Mostly Ghostly. Got a lot of opinions going, a lot of info. It's very good stuff. You know, I try not to go to the Bermuda Triangle. As a kid, I was always afraid. Whenever I took a trip, I'd go, ooh. We went to, we, I think we went over the Bermuda Triangle. We went to Punta Cana. And that was a unfortunate. You know, I usually take medication before I take a trip anyways. I get it from Buddy Butter and then he lets me fucking sleep it off. And if I die, I'll never even know. That's the best part about that. You know what I mean? So
2: you, and, you go know, to sleep, and you wake up, and you see, you know, God standing there. Is like, hey, Matt, we've been waiting for you. I hope so. I'd hope so. It could be
0: a lot worse than that, dude. You have the devil, you have Duval, Duval Patrick, chilling next to you, dude, saying, you done fucked up. Or it could be all black, which is bad news, too. The God thing is the best. Waking up and God being, like, being there is, like, the best-case scenario, I think, (laughs) for anything. It's way better than dealing with a devil-type character or dealing with total nothing blackness. You know what I mean? That's troublesome. Alex, you have all that time and no movies to act in. Woo!
2: That's, like, hell, dude. That's fucking hellacious. Yeah, well, yeah. But yeah. hey, I mean, the only difference between heaven and hell is the type of movies I'm making.
0: The sets, you've been on both sets the set of hell and the set of heaven. Yeah, you know well. what I mean, doing it big.
2: Well, hey, I'll play whatever role that I'm given. I've heard of it. The devil or the angel. I've heard of it. Pretty much that. all the same, just different covering. Just a different set of clothing? Oh, geez. yeah. What a world, what a world.
0: Um yeah what a, yeah I was going to say the, the devil address is better but I don't even want to go there.
2: I don't even want to well, go. Well, the right devil's there. always morning. What can you say? Oh gosh. Oh.
0: Well, with that being said, we'll have to end <laughs> we'll have to end the show now. We can't, we can't go any further. But thank y'all. Cindy Lou Alexander Hawk, always a pleasure having y'all. Thank you. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. So, Alex, do we change your mind on the paranormal? You, still someone, out. You kind of... What was your initial uh, or your final judgment on the Bermuda Triangle? That it was... Well, I mean, like I said, you, I mean, the humans?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, there's a lot of different possibility. I'm I'm saying that maybe there was a a, a landmass that had. A huge magnetic uh, pull that yeah. ended up sinking, whether it's the velocity of Atlantis or just another landmass. And maybe that's what messes up all the electronics. It was to say that the ground was mostly magnets before all the water came in. Magnetic. Well, you know, the- I used to think I was a magnetic because I was attracted odd. to you, buddy.
0: Yeah, you are. You are you're very magnetic. Of course,
2: I have a magnetic personality.
0: That's what you're looking for. That's what you're going for. Yeah, oh. sure. Well, I'm going to close up this episode. Thank y'all for being a part. Ray, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure.
1: Pleasure's mine.
0: Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, Cindy Lou, always a pleasure as well.
3: Yeah. Make sure everybody goes to the Mostly Ghostly Facebook page and. Hit like, and and you have to multitask and follow as well. So like, like, like and follow, please.
0: Like and follow. You know what I mean? Definitely hit up. The, we got the Mostly Ghostly Facebook page getting revamped. It's looking great. You know what I mean? We got a bunch of people flowing through. Uh, we actually have things being popped up all the time that isn't episodes. Episodes, of course, but also other some paranormal things y'all might like. So definitely go check that out And if you enjoyed this episode Go listen to more episodes Wherever you heard it If you're looking to uh, you know, Help support financially The old BoomBastic family We do have a Patreon page At BoomBasticStreaming At Patreon.com I won't go through the, the perks and tiers And all that stuff Check it out If there's something there you like We would like uh, you to get involved To get more involved You know what I mean? You can also catch Alex Hawk on Boombasticast um, podcast. and Dead Behold, Kids of Dairy. Dead Kids of Derry is favorite one. And, and Behold a Pale podcast. Woo! Where
2: could they check out that movie that was for your parents, Amazon? Right? Oh, Bermuda yeah. Island. Uh, Bermuda Island uh, by the Mahal Empire. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. Amazon Prime right now. All right, cool beans. What a pleasure. I'm going to go watch
0: that right now. We'll catch everybody on the next episode of Mostly Ghostly. This show is a part of the Boombastic Media Network. If you enjoyed it, check out other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to watch and support the cause a little deeper, check out our Patreon page at Boombastic Streaming. That's Boombastic with two O's at Patreon.com for uncut videos of past and present from podcasts as well as early access and all types of Boombastic goodies. Our podcasts and films all in one place. Plug in. We appreciate you and your support.